It's your man JT Live right here on the Smoking Section Podcast. I'm going to welcome you all to our Tuesday edition of our show. Man, I got so much stuff to talk about today. Last Dance, Michael Jordan, the 1997-98 Chicago Bulls documentary on ESPN. Man, it's been taking this world by storm. All the NBA players are, are, are into it. All the fans are into it. There's so much uh, storyline surrounded by it. And if you got a chance to see episode three and four this past Sunday, man, it was a great, great episode. It really focused on Dennis Rodman and his journey. So that was very interesting. And, and so on today's podcast, man, we got a lot of things that um, I, I want to get into today. And so I'm going to play um, an excerpt from Derrick Rose, an interview he did for the uh, Die Hard Chicago Bulls fans page on Facebook. And I'll play that interview for you in just one moment. But um, if you want to, you can follow our show page, uh, The Smoking Section Podcast. And that is on Facebook. Check out The Smoking Section Podcast. And on Instagram, my personal IG is at jsilas20. So you can follow me or you can follow The Smoking Section Podcast on Instagram. Of course, you know, you can find our, our podcast on Blog Talk Radio, Lipson.com. You can also find it on Apple iTunes, um, Stitcher as well as Google Play. So make sure you download our podcast, man, and check us out. It's the work that we're putting in. And I'm your host, of course, your man, JT Live. You know how we do it. We get down. So on today's show, man, I'm just playing excerpts from, from past shows. And, um, you know, like our page, subscribe to our pages, and um, share it with your friends. But this is an interview by Derek Rose. And um, I'm going to play this interview, and, and then we'll, we'll discuss it a little bit. But um, it's very interesting by the time that he he actually went over Michael Jordan's house. And so that's that's something else, you know, for a young kid uh, to be going over Michael Jordan's house. I guess he was in high school, I'm going to assume. But I'll let the I'll let the video, I'll let the show thing play out. And you can also catch it on um, the Smoker Section podcast page. So make sure you, you download that. Um, shout out to Chicago Sports Nation. Uh, my panelists, man, last night they did the thing on Zoom talking about the last dance. So you'll get that commentary and um, kind of see what their opinions and what their thoughts were. Here's Derek Rose talking about the time that he met Michael Jordan. Chicago as a kid, and why did you pick basketball over other sports? Growing up in Chicago, well, I love growing up in Chicago. It, it was it was great. Um, I hooped, so I was able to see both sides of Chicago. Um, most people in Chicago stay in that one area. Well, they grew up, and I would, because I played basketball, I was able to go to different parks, um, move around freely without like having fights. Or um, that's one because I, I showed respect and um, I showed love, so I was able to move around. And um, when you grow up there, you have to watch everything, so um, you're, you're mind, mindful of your surroundings, you're alert. But it made me who I am uh, as a man today. And with basketball being added on, it allowed me to, to see a lot of things at an early age that inspired me when I was younger. So um, I feel like Chicago was just misunderstood, but um, I could be um, biased in the world. So we've been watching The Last Dance. What's your take or perspective on MJ? So my perspective on I mean, for one, I love the, the documentary. It just showed how how determined and how he was a student of the game. And, I mean, he was chasing greatness. So it just showed that he dedicated his whole life to 
his craft. So uh, it was great to see. How did MJ impact you growing up in Chicago? Oh, man. Growing up in Chicago, I had a chance to uh, go over MJ crib when I was younger, when I was like in high school. But like I said, in Chicago, basketball is a culture, so it, it, it holds weight. So um, I got invited to his house when I was a sophomore by Jeffrey and Marcus. And um, I remember they, they, they asked me, I couldn't believe it, you know what I mean? So the day before, um, I'm nervous. I go to sleep like at 9. I wake up that morning. Um, they, they pick me up. We head out there. And I just remember getting to the gate. You see the 23 on the gate. The gate open, and where we drive in, and you see like this impeccable like landscape, and you keep driving through the um, driveway, and we saw like a, a, a speed sign that blew me away. Like wow, you got a speed sign and it's and it's driving. <laughs> so we get to the house, and um, it's like a palace a complex, and you see like five or six vehicles out there. So um, we get out the car, and I remember the main interest was to our left. We were going like, to the right. So when we get out the car, we passed um, by the, the, the six vehicles that we saw when we was pulling in. They were um, six families, GTs, like had six families out there. We blew me away. Um, we get to the, the entrance, and um, the whole time I'm thinking like, man, I'm not going to see MJ. He's going to be somewhere else in the house. He's just going to let us, like, you know what I mean, play in the gym and all that. We entered the, the, the door there. We entered the door. It was where the gym was. They were in that hooping. Like, um, that whole time, I watched them every second while I was there. Like, watched them the entire time. Watched them be a dad. Watched them. Watched them take out garbage, <laughs> like things I never thought I'd be able to see, but um, I got that opportunity. So um, I remember that um, them taking me back home and I'm in my room and I got the TV off and I'm looking at the paint on my wall because like a couple of months prior to that, I tried to paint my room with blue paint and the, job, the, the paint job was terrible. So I'm looking at the paint like, man, what the fuck? Like, what am I doing here? And I remember, like, having that jinx feeling that I had, like, prior, like, to me actually um, meeting Mike. When I was younger, I used to always feel like I was going to get jinxed because I was winning a lot. So ninth grade, after I met them, after I went to that career, it went away. I'm like, man, fuck that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that lifestyle. My mom gonna live decent. Whatever I gotta do, I, I gotta do it. And uh, I promised myself that night that I was gonna be on the mission. And me seeing that, um, with MJ giving me the opportunity, it made me, um, he, no, he didn't make me, he let me manifest my dreams from what I saw. So I appreciate that, MJ. That's that's a crazy. Um, you listen to that. That's a crazy story. I mean, and and you know, a lot of times you don't know why kids or what motivates you from time to time. And and that 
that particular thing motivated Derrick Rose to do the things that, that he ended up doing in his NBA career. I mean, he's the youngest MVP ever. Um, he led the Bulls to the Eastern Conference Championship. Of course, he had some he had some knee injuries that kind of um, kind of curbed his career a little bit. But he's still very very good basketball player right now because he's overcome a lot of that and his game has changed a lot. But Derrick Rose is still a solid uh, NBA veteran and, and and he's playing great basketball right now. So you know a lot of people don't like Michael Jordan for whatever reasons. But when you look at things like this, whatever motivates. Uh, a kid to do better um, and and to get out of the life of poverty because nobody should want to live and stay in poverty period point blank and I, I don't care what people say um you know you you really have to um kind of do a self-assessment on, on your lifestyle and, and what it is that you're doing but that was a heck of a story I mean and I know Michael Jordan probably did that to a lot of kids um around the city of Chicago and they identified those kids who who they probably thought would be NBA players and Derrick Rose was definitely, I mean, I remember when I was working for the YMCA and I remember Derrick Rose coming and there was another kid who was a really, really good basketball player in the in the state of Illinois and had a basketball game in the gym, you know, pickup game, and they were going at it. And I was like, man, who was this kid? And I think Derrick Rose might have been a junior, sophomore, junior in high school. And I'm like, this kid is explosive. He was dunking all over the place. I mean, he was doing incredible things. And and if you know anything about Chicago basketball, it's very competitive, very tough. And so um, when I saw you know, Derrick Rose uh, at that young age doing those things, I was like, wow, you know. And and so you know, it ended up manifesting itself later. But the the story of you know where he saw his environment after, because it's a it's a it's it's you know the contrast when you go someplace and you see all the lux the luxury. And you see those things, then you come back to your environment. That's a um, that's a tough pill to swallow. And so, a lot of times, people have, um, you know, they they have things that they make up in their mind that they're gonna do. And exposure is key. So, not a lot of time people get exposed to those finer things in, in life. And so, that's important. Um, but on today's show, I want to play a few um, excerpts from our uh, Zoom. Uh, last night which I thought was was very interesting and and I had an esteemed uh, panelist of, of people who were panelists and um, who are part of my Chicago Sports Nation uh, Facebook group and uh, they talk sports they've been with me they've been with my group now a lot of them have been with me over 10 years now so that's that's very interesting that um, we have a very very solid group of people no sports these guys have been around and um I'm going to I'm going to play that for you guys and, and you just take a listen and some of the commentary, some of the opinions. And it's so funny because we just got off an uh, NFL draft show party last week. Which we spent four hours on, on the Zoom talking and, and just having a great time. So um, on today's show, I'm going to play part of that interview, um, part of the discussion, the panelist discussion that we had. So uh, make sure you tune in and um, follow us. On, on Facebook, follow us on uh, all of our formats, The Smoking Section Podcast. So here is the show from last night, and uh, it was interesting. I'll, I'll just tell the characters. We had um, Dane Dixon, um, Galano Davis, Shannon Washington, Andre Johnson, Brian Ludlow, Jason uh, Ball, Carlos, uh, Belfield, Timothy Townsend, um, and so we, we had a very, very distinct crew. And these guys know sports. 
So their commentary is just as important. You know, a lot of times I like to hear from, and I've always said this before, I like to hear from interesting people. And on our podcast, we don't, yeah, the stars are fine. That's great. But I want to hear from interesting people who know sports and can talk sports. And a lot of times they're movers and shakers. You just don't know who they are. So I'm going to let uh, this podcast run and um, I'll be back with you all shortly. All right, it's your man JT Live right here on the Smoking Section Podcast. I want to welcome you all to our second Zoom Live right here up on Facebook, man. Hey, I want to thank everybody that's tuning in, that's going to tune in a little bit later on or check this podcast out later on. I'm happy tonight because we have an exceptional show going on and I'm, I'm pumped up about it, man. We're talking about the Michael Jordan Last Dance. And I got my esteemed uh, panelists. That's 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 gonna really uh, that's gonna really uh, bring it to a whole nother level. And I'll I'll introduce them in one second. But I want to thank everybody for listening in and tuning in to the Smoking Section podcast. However you find your podcast, uh, we're on Apple iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Lipson Network, we're all over the place. So make sure you check out our podcast uh, every Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, we launch our podcast on those on those formats, but uh, on today's show, man, we get what's going down. There's no holes barred. Everybody bringing the noise. I'm just going to introduce everybody real quick. I got my man JD in the building. Jermaine Dixon holding it down for the Hoopers. Now he probably the only real Hooper in here because I, I know for a fact he's certified Hooper. So his opinion's going to weigh a whole lot. Plus he's my frat brother too. So we 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 ride we ride out like that. Then I got my man. Shannon, Shannon in the building, Eastside's right. finest, shot town down till it goes. My man Galato Davis, of course, Mr. DC, Mr. DMV, he's in the building by way of shot town, so y'all know how he hold it down. Yes, then we sir. get my man, we got my man B Dub. I see him rocking the bullies. He's got the bull stuff going on. And then we got my man, Dre, hey, Dre, Dre puts it down. I mean, Dre know the numbers. If we need the numbers crunch, we go to Dre down there in the bottom. So shout out to everybody today, man. Welcome to the, to the show. And uh, we're going to get into this Jordan thing, man. And, and it's been a hot topic. You've seen the past couple of weeks, been four episodes so far. And I want to get everybody's thoughts on, on what you all think about uh that particular documentary because it's, it's been explosive and you all know we got our, our facebook group you got a lot of you got a lot of crazies in there when it comes down to mj jd i'm gonna start with you man what's your thoughts on the documentary so far you know i'll, I'll be honest the biggest thing i've taken from it it does far i think a lot of people have a misconception in my opinion on how the bulls treated scott i think that that's a big thing that a lot of people talk about everybody calls my fault oh my god they did scotty wrong they mistreated scotty and to be frank i disagree i feel that i decided a contract an ill-advised contract for whatever reason he had obligations but at the end of the day he made a decision that was ill-advised and he was counseled to the contrary and he made a decision jordan's contract was not renegotiated um, Michael Jordan played on an undervalued basketball contract um, for the majority of his career. And if you look at the numbers, Scottie Pippen actually made more money playing basketball than Michael Jordan did. Michael Jordan made more money from endorsements, but we're talking pure basketball money. Scottie Pippen made more than Michael Jordan. So um, I know I, 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 that's one of the biggest things I, I take from that. And I think people have a misconception about how Scottie was treated. And I think that really underscores a little bit of Scotty being a little bit soft, in my opinion. So that's just me. Mm. Oh. <laughs> mm. Mm. Okay, I, I, said it. 
<laughs> well, Scotty, soft. Let's go. I, I, I mean, well, Scotty was a little bit soft now. Right. Well, and, and but I contribute uh, Scotty's success to being around a lion like MJ. Because uh, MJ built character in Scotty, uh, mm-hmm. from what I saw. But from these first uh, four e- 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 episodes that I've taken so far, it's actually taken me back to time, during those times that I was there. Because I came out of high school in 87. So I was, you know, I'm in a place of, uh, you know... I'm in a place of having a great time. Uh, at that time, uh, I was at school with a bunch of guys from Detroit when we was going through the uh, ex pains. So far through these four episodes, I have done nothing but relive those years with you know with with the documentary and constantly look for more. Uh, but what I've also recognized what what a lot of people don't seem to I've taken out of Mike. You know, uh, leaders are different. Champions think different. Champs do stuff different. If they didn't, they probably wouldn't be champions. So it always going to take somebody to stand up, um, cuss you out, get to whatever that they need to do. Because unfortunately and fortunately, uh, it's about them. It's about what they're trying to accomplish. But Mike eventually realized that he needed the support that, and I have to give it to, you know, one thing we got to say, Jeremy Krause did a hell of a job putting those teams together. You know, um, his biggest mistake was he wanted all of the glory, you know, and, and from, from thus far. Maybe there's more to come that I open my eyes a little bit more, but I'm enjoying every moment of it. I'm at home. I'm actually watching it by myself. I don't even want to talk to nobody doing it, you know. <laughs> all right. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, Galata, what's your thoughts? I, I would say, first of all, uh, it's kind of good to, Revisit those days. Uh, I had already left Chicago, but to see uh, those days of the championship was definitely something I enjoyed. Uh, great memories. I uh, would uh, comment on uh, Brother Jermaine so far as Scotty being soft. In my opinion, when it comes to contracts and when it comes to business, uh, I don't think there's anything uh, so far as being soft. We're talking about business. So I would love to hear Andre's. Uh, thoughts about that, but it was a business. And uh, renegotiation is nothing different or unusual uh, to have done when it comes to contracts to renegotiate your contract, which Michael Jordan did himself. So I'm with Scotty so far as getting the money that he should have deserved as he developed as a player. Uh, Shannon talked about leaders. And <laughs> there are different type of leaders. It seemed like, according to the documentary, uh, Michael was more of an in-your-face type leader. And <clears throat> that type of leadership is not leadership I like because it doesn't motivate me. And it seems like there were many players or former players on that Bulls team that would agree with me about that in-your-face type of leadership like Craig Hodges and others. So overall, I think it's good memories. Uh, it is what it is with Michael Jordan. What I'm seeing is that inside kind of scenes with Michael, that uh, his overall persona is something that I did not agree with, and just confirmed why I did not I did not like Michael Jordan as a overall ball player. So those are my thoughts, JT. We're gonna come back to you, JD. But beat up, go ahead. Well, thanks again for hosting, and um, um, I'm glad to be here with you, gentlemen. Um, but you know what I'm gathering from the um, the, um, the last dance, it, like everyone else is uh, 
that that inside look that you would ever get. Um, GD was speaking on his uh, Michael Jordan's persona, and I think he was he had an aura about himself that it was captivating. And his his drive alone um, really kind of um, was um, I can't think of the word. His drive alone was was something that most 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 guys would love to have, but they don't have. And um, he just took the game to another level. He took the other players to another level because the way he practiced, the way he went about his business. Um, he was just one of those one of those guys that walked it and talked. And um, as far as the, the other guys, the, the, the side stories with, with Pippen, his contract was was based on his need. You know, I don't. Th- it, it was a it was a bad contract, maybe long term term for what he needed. But that was a, that was the right contract. As far as re- renegotiating, Mr. Reisdorf, he wasn't about that. He extended contracts. He didn't renegotiate contracts, and that's that's a big difference. He gave you like if you were coming out to the last two years of your contract. He would extend you maybe four four more years, but he wouldn't renegotiate renegotiate that that first deal. So I mean, it's 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 been an enlightening um, four weeks. I mean, two four shows. Um, I, I can't wait to see the rest of them. But it's just it's it's really interesting how um, the youth, the people who didn't see them, how they're winning, how, how they're looking at, it, even if if they're even watching. People like to know people under thirty five. What do they take on? Yeah, that's interesting, uh, B-Dub. We're going to get to that. I definitely want to talk about that. Uh, Ghost, yeah. what's your thoughts? Well, my thoughts is that it was, it's very interesting to see how Jerry Krause and Reinstor put this, these, these men together to play ball. The whole goal was to win a championship. No matter if Michael is the person to get in your face and get in your ass or whatever, excuse my language, get in your butt, but you as a human being got a choice. You chose to take what Michael gave you. Just like it was got in his contract. You chose that contract. So you got to accept. Are you going to kill the team? Remember, no I and team. Michael Jordan said, but it's an I and win. <laughs> Remember that? Okay? So... You know, it, it's, it, it, it goes back to what Shannon said about the leadership. Michael was, Michael wanted to win. And if you look that back in the first documentary, when he told uh, Roy Williams and them he wanted to be the greatest, what what was his goal? Be the great. So he knew he needed a cast behind him. And it's just, it, it's, 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 it's interesting, man. And then being born from Chicago, and like Shannon said, in the Detroit times, and uh, we was at State, boy. Got into some arguments, and Shannon know that. Shannon know I got into some arguments over the Chicago Bulls, Bears. <laughs> I'm one of those stupid super fans. <laughs> I think we kind of gave you volume. I see we got Eddie Brown here. We got EB in the building. We got, we got, we got Jason in, too. I don't know if he's trying to get his his his, uh, his camera to work. Jason, you get your camera to work, man. Come on, so we get in here. I think he's working on it. EB. Well, we so, already know Dre. EB, tell us your thoughts on the last dance, man. What's going on with it? What, what was your What was your view on it? And uh, I'm enjoying it, man. To be honest, and it's it's uh it's interesting to see uh the background of it all. Cause when all this was going on, man, I was a teenager, so you know I, I looked I looked at everything different as far as the game. You know I love to watch the game, but to see everything that was going on behind the scenes. Uh, how Phil Jackson really was, how Jordan really was, Scotty, Rodman. Um, man, them boys really put that together. And interesting enough, last night, 
I didn't realize Phil Jackson was as zen as he was. You know, we all knew he was the, the zen dude, but, like, that dude really pulled that team together. And, uh, of course, Krause gets, should get the credit for putting the team together. Mike should get the credit for, uh, you know, leading the team. But Phil was really a real leader of men, man. And he brought them guys together, and he and Mike bought in to the whole thing. And when Mike bought in, Scotty bought in. Rodman bought in, and that's all they needed, man. And uh, and you can't in sports, man. I feel like you cannot win a championship without being some of what Mike is and was, you know. And that's and, and, and you see the same thing in Kobe. You see some of that in LeBron, to be honest. Um, but you're not gonna win no championship, man. If you if if you ain't coming, like like you know like Mike came and Mike wanted to win, man, and he he wanted to do it at all costs. And if you're not ready to compete, then you don't need to be here. And, and it's interesting to see they, their dynamic. But outside of practice and all that, man, they was a close-knit team. And that's I see that's why they won so many championships together. It was really close. So I, I'm enjoying it, man. I'm, I'm waiting on the next couple weeks, man, to finish it out. That's cool. Testing. We got you, Dre. There cool. you are. Cool. Scotty had a little baby in him. I'm a big fan of him, but he had a little baby in him. And... He also obviously had a whole crowd that he was responsible for, the way he approached trying to get his money. And he realized it was a trap, even though he was told, yo, dog, you don't want to do this. You know, especially tie yourself up for seven years like that. Then he got mad that he didn't want to (laughs) play. You know, come on, dude. As far as the show, the show was excellent. You know, I've been watching a lot of BA TV games and stuff just to have something to watch. So knowing this is coming on, I'm like a little kid. It's like Christmas morning or something. Uh, Michael, Michael, straight killer. Straight stomp you in your face, whatever. It don't matter. I got to get what I got to get. And the night when Phil told him, Paxson is open, and he's got it in himself to throw the boy the ball. The boy hit, what, like three threes, I think, that were just critical. And I think at that point, it was like, okay, we can do this if we stay. I carry the bigger part of the load, but when I need y'all, I got y'all, you know. So that's where I'm at so far. But, yeah, Scotty and that that negotiating he did, oh, my God, no, you know. Because Mike didn't make money until the last three years. He made $30, $30 million each of the last three years. And the rumor was, Rasendorf told him, I hate that I'm going to give you this, this money. You know, because it was just about the money to Jerry. We all know that. It's just about the money. You know, he played a game. Yeah, we a team. But it's about getting paid. So, so far, that's where I'm at. And it's good to be with you, brothers. And I appreciate the invite, too, JT. Damn, man, Jerry. You know, hey, you know, you my guy. You the money man. JD, I'm going to let you respond. I'm going to let you respond to GD. Hello? <laughs> what up, big man? Well, JD, I think you had a, a response to me in reference to something I said. Is that true? I do. I do. Yeah. But I want to jump ahead of what um, JT was doing there. But, I mean, so I, I definitely hear you. I mean, your point is valid that um, negotiation in itself is not soft. And I, that, I, I, it was not my intent to imply that the negotiation was soft. But I can say is this, um, that situation, it's finally documented that he was advised to not take that contract. He took that contract against better advice. He made a grown man choice. Okay. And where, yeah. I, where I come from, when you make a grown man choice, when you've had all the advice on the table, when you make a grown man choice and you steadfast in your choice, you, know, you, 
can make whatever choice you want as long as you're able to deal with the consequences of that choice. And Scotty was not prepared to deal with the consequence of his choice. And to that point, to Scotty's being soft, I'll point to, to three key opportunities to observe his softness. You observe his softness, then he could have got his surgery in the offseason, but he chose to put it off just to fight the Bulls just because. When he threw his teammates under the bus, that was soft. Softness, when he learned that he made the error in the contract, and instead of him manning up and playing out his contract like Michael Jordan did, he threw a tantrum. That was soft. You saw Scotty Pippen be soft when Jordan retired, and you know Jackson drew the last player for Tony Kukoc, and Scotty got mad and threw his chair and refused to play. Yeah, I'm from Chicago like everybody else. I love Scotty, but I'm a realist as well. It's a reason Scotty is the best number two man of all time. Because he didn't have that thing in his heart to be number one. It's it's a difference. And that's why I say he's just a little bit soft. I stand on that fact. Well, I, I, I hear you. And uh, I guess we all share our opinions about Scotty or any other player. I just don't use the word soft. And when it comes to business, uh, I think that's totally different from player aspect business business player aspect so to your point yeah he signed a contract but if i heard him correctly he signed a contract because i didn't need to take care of his family so uh, in hindsight yeah it was a bad decision he felt that he had to feed his family and he did what he had to do uh, so far as soft and having an injury or or the surgery during this season it's nothing new i mean players do that all the time if you look at Steph Curry, if you look at KD, uh, to the, today's players, I mean, surgeries happen during that time. If you look at today's players, they do load management, okay, which is the same thing as not playing. So you got to do what you got to do to take care of yourself, and that's what Scotty did. Uh, so far as getting angry or to play, it's nothing new that Michael Judd didn't do. Uh, you guys say Michael is this killer and all this kind of stuff. To, 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 to Shannon's point, or, or whoever said, uh, no, it was someone talked about Phil Jackson. If it wasn't for Phil Jackson, open in Michael Jordan, this arrogant attitude that he can win everything, he wouldn't have six championships like the Bulls did. Phil Jackson taught Michael how to share the ball. And that's why you had Steve Kerr knocking down shots in, in Paxton, and they became a team and they became the greatest team. So. Bottom line is this, when it comes to business of the game, you can call me soft, you can call me anything you want to, but I got to do what's best for me. If that's to take my surgery during the season, Kevin Garnett, I mean, Kevin Durant, Stephen Kerr, that's what I'll do as Scotty Pippen. GD, all respect to that, but you pre- your, your point proves my point even further. This is a very soft era of basketball that we're in today. This is not the 90s or even the early 2000s, it's, it's a very soft era of basketball in comparison to days of old, like those 90s teams, Bad Boys Pistons, those teams, very gritty teams, not so much today. I mean, and to Scotty, I mean, sure, let's go back and examine. The time that he signed that contract, GD, it was a good contract on the day that he signed it. But it was the owner who gave him the contract and told him, I'll let you sign this if you want to, but it's not in your best interest. That's like me coming up to you, GD, and you want to sign a contract with me, and I tell you, 
contract is not in your best interest. And then you say, I don't care. This is what I want. And you sign it. And I tell you, if you sign this, don't come back till it's over. Don't turn over the house and burn the house down because you don't like the terms after we already had this agreement. That's what happened. Scotty got mad after he was advised to do the contrary. It wasn't like someone finessed him. He was not finessed. He got what he asked for. And you well, know what, too? And, 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 Jay, and, and uh, Jermaine, I mean, that's, these are, that's a great point. And, and I, I looked at it like this because I thought Scotty should have bet on himself. I mean, at some point, you have to you have to know you know that that you have the ability, and I do understand he had to take care of his family. And I thought when he signed that contract during that time, I was like, man, that's a huge contract. And so you know, as time changed, the NBA got more popular. Jordan, you know, was was killing, and so it the NBA was more popular. TV money, you know, coming into play in the whole nine yards. So I just think Scotty, but but I'm not feeling so, sorry for Scotty. He made over hundred million dollars his NBA career, so I'm yes. not even. I'm not even. I'm not even feeling sorry for Scotty Pippen because he he cashed out. You know, he made money. He's made more money than than you know ten times what the Bulls uh, paid him. But hey, I got a couple more people in the building. We got Timothy's in the building. He finally got his camera uh, working, and then we got Jason down there sewing. I'm trying to figure out what Jason's doing, man. He down there sewing, man. What's going on? Look like you. Oh my God. Yeah, we hear you, man. Yeah, we hear you, Jason. I'm trying to make some face masks. I'm doing a horrible job at it. <laughs> I got my wife right here. I heard that. Okay, cool, cool. Hey, I'm just going around table, and we was just trying to figure out how everybody felt about the uh, Last Dance uh, documentary. You heard, G. Um, it's making me emotional, man. It's bringing back a lot of emotions towards Jerry Krause. Um, it's it's good, man. It's good to see, man. It's good to relive those that and see the behind the scenes. My man JD up there. Am I talking over you? This is my first time using the Zoom stuff, y'all. Yeah, no, you good. Yeah, I was just saying that. uh, Last dance making me kind of emotional. It's bringing back a lot of hatred I had built up towards Jerry Krause. Uh, y'all know those were my teenage years, so to see my bulls dismantled like that and not not able to live their lifeline now, you know, kind of hurts. But uh, I heard y'all talking about Scott's contract. Signed the contract, he agreed to it and everything, but I feel like you got to take care of your players, man. But you got one of the top two players in the NBA, you got to take care of them, man. That's how I look at it. You got to take care of them. It, it wouldn't have hurt for them to restructure his contract just a little bit, you know? That's my, my take on it. He would have hurt the principle of the of the, of the owner, though. He would have went against his principles. He was he was a stickler on his contract contractual principles. So I mean, that was the biggest thing. You right? You right? So what's the purpose of the what was the purpose of the agent? I I keep hearing us talking about Scotty negotiated right. the contract exactly. and and the owner consulted him in the contract. You know, has the agent role changed since then to now? Because, you know, it's like Scotty did this all on his own. And and, and I do kind of understand, as, as, as we said, times was different. NBA hadn't grown to be the juggernaut that it is at that time. Um, but, you know... I, I, I don't know, you know, I don't I don't know if JT, we've done a, a, a comparative analysis of other contracts and stars there. Um, but yes, you know, Scotty, he whined about it, you know, which he shouldn't have. He had to man up and, 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 and at the 
end of the day, he came back and did what he exactly what we needed him to do. You know, but you got to think about it though, Shannon. Uh, Scotty, at the end of the day, your agent can be right there with you. You make your own decisions. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you. Thank you. It don't matter. Let me tell you something. I'm pushing my son to go to the NFL. I'm going to try to guide him the right way. I'm going to look at the contract. I'm going to call GD. I'm going to call you. I'm going to call Eddie. I'm going to call all you cats because y'all know. But he is going to make that last and final decision and say, hey, this is what I want, and if I don't get it, I'm not playing. And what did he do? He got his contract. Then when he started seeing the other stars in the league, his position get more money. Start getting pissed off. Thank you, Carlos. You can't get mad at what Thank another you. man is doing. He should have got mad at his own you teammates. Your own destiny. Scotty made oh. it's just like your mama said. You make this bed, you lie your ass in. That's right. That's and, right. And I, I, I ain't trying to make no excuse for him. Another one thing I wanted to say we can talk about Phil Jackson. We can about Doug Collins. Doug Collins. Put that in Michael Jordan, GD, to be the man. Because if you look at it, when he was with Doug Collins, Mike always had the ball. Mike did everything. Mike had the ball. So Doug Collins kind of built this this whole team together. Phil just put it together. Tax winner. I don't know if I agree with it. I don't know if I agree with the Doug Collins. <laughs> Thank you, Janet. I said that. But on, on, on that point, though, GD, you said that Michael had that arrogance that he got to have a ball all the time. I'll put that in Michael's head as well because Doug kept Michael with the ball. He kept Michael. And tell yeah, him, he did. And tell, he, like Eddie said, Tex Winner and Phil put that uh, triangle together. It goes to, you know, it was a different coaching style. If you think about it, Doug was like Michael, 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 Michael. Now, I want to go back to Jermaine. Keep using this adjective, and I hear a lot about soft. <laughs> Do y'all think that, that just because I can knock down a player, close line a player in the 80s, that's basketball, and if I get knocked down, I'm, I'm considered soft. Actually, I mean, let me ask you to address that. Basketball in its inception, I mean, the reason they put fouls in basketball because they were fouling when they first started basketball. When Nate Smith had a play at the YMCA, they was fouling and knocking each other down. Basketball was a physical sport. So it changed. It evolved. And so they put the fouls in to penalize the players. So bas- basketball does have a... A lot. Yeah, they took it out because they wanted to score. They wanted to have this fast and, and new improved basketball game. But basketball really is a physical game. That, that wasn't my point, JT. I'm talking about Jermaine was saying soft, 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 soft. No, no, no. Don't misquote me. Jermaine never said his style of play was soft. I said he was soft. He handled situations and his responses to situations were soft. Correct. Oh, okay. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah, he That's said what he that. Said, no, I, there was not a quotation that I used. I said the game, and I used the <laughs> adjective of being soft. That's what I said. That's cool, GD, but you can't use me in correlation to that conversation because that was not my conversation. Your word was soft, and to use that adjective of soft. <laughs> Let's go. 
Timothy, you ain't saying nothing. What's up, Timothy? Y'all can't hear me, man. How you, you now? What's up, big bro? What's going on, y'all? What's going down? What's going on? Hey, I I don't know how long I was like not being heard. I was trying to say something. Hey man, my man Jermaine Dickinson. How, how much is that? Yep. Hey Jermaine, what's going on, bro? A bad dude, bro. <laughs> You're a bad dude, man. Don't let hey hey don't let GD do it, man. Don't let him do it, bro. Uh, Anybody who know me, they know I'm gonna stand my ground, man. I mean, don't let you do it, man. Hey, hey, and plus, you a throwing wood brother, so uh, you know I'm I'm liking you all already, man. You all right? What's going on, all y'all? Y'all good? The only thing I do is city basketball. I ain't know no suburb basketball. What y'all talking about? Hey, I tried to tell GD yesterday. I said, hey, man. I had Isaiah and, and 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 Doc Rivers and them put forty on me at the at the Donald's Grove tournament, man. We was kids, man. I, you know, shit. Don't nobody care nothing about no scoring points or soft or none of that stuff until you get on that floor and do it. So, Timothy, speaking of which, what do you all think about this Isaiah situation and, and Michael Jordan and Jordan had a left off the team and they wouldn't shake hands with the Bulls and all that old kind of stuff? I, uh, you know, I'm if you if you 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 alluded to it online, bro. You said, you know, at the pro level and even at the college level, Terrific. man, you don't stand in line and, and dap each other and shake hands and, and run the risk of getting jammed up in a locker room if you don't by the coach and all that stuff, man. It, that at the pro level, man, that is what it is, man. Sometimes, most times, those guys go to the other locker room and congratulate each other. You did okay. Hey, but JT, you know what? You just like what uh, Dennis Rodman said. Basketball is easy. It's the shit you got to deal with outside of it. You already know. That's well, exactly I want to go back to you, JT. I'm going nowhere, JT. He froze right now. <laughs> I know you freeze up while I was getting ready to comment up on that handshake. <laughs> I think the thing with the Pistons, though, they, they played bully ball, though. You know, that's what made it worse. It was fine for them to be sore losers. But after you whooped my butt for two or three years, then we shake your hand after the game. You shouldn't walk off the court. That's just disrespectful, in my opinion. Thank <laughs> you, different. Jason. Thank I you. Agree. I agree. Thank you. I, I think you, Jason. I think about it like this. At the end of the day, um, we as society oh, get a lot of money to patronize <laughs> to go and support those teams. So for that investment, they become a part of the community. And as part of the community, you have a responsibility to show things like sportsmanship um, and fair play. And I think that for that example, for the investment that the community has into the NBA, they should be required to show that and demonstrate that for our youth across the board. That has value. I agree with you 100%. And that's why I was there, Jermaine. It's much deeper than the game itself. To see black men embrace each other after going at combat and fighting and playing that game means a lot. And it sends a message to our young men and women that black men can come together and say, hey, we're still brothers after it's all said and done. And social values within the black community evolved from the high five that was done in the NBA and the NFL and a lot of other things from the Black Power signs. So to embrace your brother 
after you have competed against him, sends a message, a psychological message to our young men and women, especially kids, that it's okay to do that. You ain't got to be soft to embrace your brother. So it's much deeper than shoot the ball in the basket. That's why most, especially in football, when they embrace each other after the game, quarterbacks go to quarterbacks, players go to play. That's a powerful thing. So to, to, to see two leaders, Isaiah, who embraced Magic, by the way, during the playoffs, who embraced Michael Jordan after he got beat, was powerful that he didn't do that. Because young kids, young black boys see that. And that, and, that, and, that, and that hurt me really bad that he didn't do that. Somebody wrote, oh, what Bird didn't do I ain't. I don't give a damn about a Bird. Exactly. I'm talking about the black community <laughs> embracing each other. I don't think we had that issue now today, but the Pistons-Bulls rivalry was like a, a bullet kicking your ass for three, four years, Yeah, and, 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 and the one that you were beating on finally beat you, you put your head down and go. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not sure if the Bulls wanted to embrace the Pistons. At that time, you know, because that was really, I mean, that's really like every time you came out the house, you knew when you see this guy, you had to fight. And I don't know if you guys experienced that in your all childhood, but just think about it. Back then, we're talking about 80s, the late 80s, when this was happening. So, yeah, we can call the cowardice for the Pistons to do what they did, but think about, they never liked Michael Jordan. They like the Bulls. These teams really hated each other. And, and, and what I what I perceived of them, I think they really hated each other. You had a few Pistons. Um, the, the, um, what's the tall one? That, you know, he always say good things. I actually came and played for the Bulls. John Sally. John Sally. You know, you had a few. And, and, and just like in every group of uh, uh, wild guys, there's always a nice guy somewhere in your crowd with you, but don't say nothing until after everything is over with, you know? So, um, yes, in today's society, that's why we do see that, GD. You know, we do see the embracing. Um, but like like everything else, you know, we have to evolve. We have to come from something, learn from it, and, and move on from there. We were following the wrong leader, too. We're following the wrong leader. Yeah, as let, far as the let, beer cooked that cake, he started all that. Exactly. He think it's still a good exactly. thing. He think it's still a good thing. And, and you, know, and you hear Larry Bird talk about that beer. He don't like him to, to his day because he called him a dirty player. He actually <laughs> tried to hurt you. Uh, yeah. The white man, the white man that called Michael Jordan God. You remember him, GD? <laughs> hey, you remember that um, uh, Lambert, Lambert was the one who told Isaiah, we're not going to shake their hand. Let's just right. walk the court. Exactly. And, and goes back to what Andre just said, follow the leader. Isaiah, like a little puppy, followed behind the white man. You see? Yeah. There you go. Hey, let me just... We come along with let, let me just jump here... Let me just jump in real quick. If you got background noise, you got television, something more, you might want to turn it down because it's it's extremely loud. So I can hear I can hear all the feedback um, through the thing. But just to make a point real quick, GD, and I and I talked about this in our group earlier. You know, in high school we had to shake hands, and that was required. You had to walk across the field. You had to shake your 
when I got to college, it, you know, I, I thought we had to do the same thing, but it really wasn't required. Players went their own way. You know, coaches didn't say go shake hands. Coaches shook hands. But then players, if you knew the player, you shook his hand and then you go and you talk. But, you know, I, I don't, I think in a malicious way, what Isaiah them did, that was wrong because that was conspired to do. But I, I think in pro sports, if a guy sees, you know, if you put your hand up, wave, see you or you just walk off the court, go towards the locker room, or, or, the, or the, the, you know, if you leave in the field, you go towards the locker room, and then basketball court, you go towards the locker room. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, I don't think every single time I have to go over and say hello to you. That's just, that's just my thought on that. Well, well, JT, I hear you on that, and I respect your opinion. Uh, through my experience of playing ball at college, coaching at college, as well as uh, I know a lot of people at the pro level. Uh, it's a beautiful thing when I see LeBron James embrace his young guys after the game. It's a beautiful thing when I see all the other pros, for the most part, embracing each other after playing. It's much bigger than a game on a court. It sends a message to young people, especially young black Americans, who watch everything that these players say and do. That's why LeBron James, why I like him so much more than Michael Jordan, He's a complete person, a people's person. He understands what he says, what he does is mimicked by so many young kids as well as young people. And to show respect after the game is a value that I think is so important. You see, it's exactly. bigger than the shooting a basketball. And I'm going to hear Eddie Brown. I'm going to say this, like, I agree with it, what everybody's saying about sportsmanship and all that. That's great. I agree with that. What you got to think about, though, they did what they did because they got their ass kicked. They were just salty. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it wasn't that they lost. It was the way they lost. You remember yeah. the scores of them games? Like, they got their asses kicked. And yeah, I think I think they thought – I think they thought – I think they thought they was gonna they was gonna be a little bit more competitive, and I believe if they lost every game less than the, what what they lost, they they may have shook their hand and you know did the whole sportsmanship thing. But as to what Shannon was saying, them teams really hated each other, and then the fact the hate on top of the way they got their ass kicked, they couldn't they 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 just couldn't handle it. They weren't thinking about kids watching on TV. They weren't thinking about nobody in the stands. They like we out of here. We got our asses kicked, and we gonna try to show them up by not shaking their hand. Like and that's just what it was. It's just that simple. No, this can is I, close to thirty from, years. I'm saying right? today's game. This is close. This is like thirty years since this happened. That's right. They should yeah. squash this, man. Yeah. I think it was a little bit more jealousy, though. I think there was some other stuff going on there yeah. too. Okay. I, I remember because Michael Jordan was he was ruling Chicago for the most part, as far as basketball is concerned. Isaiah being from Chicago, and I don't right. think Isaiah ever got, well, got over the fact that Michael had had Chicago, and this was his hometown, and he wasn't here. So, I mean, and they carry that. And remember, Mark McGuire and Isaiah played on both of those teams. And, and let me and, and let me add one more thing. I seen a um. I don't know if y'all watch uh the Knuckleheads with uh Q Rich and D Miles. Yeah. But they they interviewed Isaiah a couple weeks ago. And to your point, the jealousy thing. Isaiah said when he came out of college, he wanted to play for the Bulls. He wanted to play at home, hometown crowd. He wanted to play for the Bulls. He was kind of he had a little chip on his shoulder that Detroit picked him. You know, he had to do what he had to do to take care of his family. So that make a lot of sense, too. 
you got it. He here. You got a dude that ain't even from the city coming, basically take over the city. Own it. I, I'm pretty sure when Isaiah was going back home, everybody was talking about Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. And here it is. Hey, I'm from here, and I can't get this same love. Isaiah didn't like it, man. He don't like he he, he don't like Jordan to this day. To be honest, they don't like each other. Mike came to Chicago, y'all, and took over Chicago. Took over Chicago in ways we can't even talk about right now. And I'm talking about the presidential towers. If any of y'all know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about taking oh, Reggie's girlfriend talking about. and marrying her. I'm talking about things, I'm talking about things that he just he just enveloped guys back then us and he talked about stuff then personally. Now you just get online on social media and you talk about the same stuff. We we weren't talking about it like this back then like we do now. It was a whole different format, a whole different way of relating to this stuff. So 25 year old dudes watch this stuff now, man. They talk about this stuff now, and subsequent to that, us old heads don't know shit. I, I like it. It's fun. You know what I mean? But you know, it's stupid, too, because we don't understand that these are the guys that were doing this in 1991, not 2019. They weren't playing Kevin Durant. They weren't, they weren't listening to... Uh, the only correlation you can do is Marv Albert. Marv Albert been around for 100 years. That's the only thing you can liken to that. Who don't get hit? You know what I'm talking about, Los? Who get hit? Who don't get hit? Who saw? <laughs> we ain't soft. We didn't do no shit like that back in 1991. We was watching a game that went back out and took our ass to the court because the games came on in the afternoon and went back right. out and we did Michael Jordan. We did Larry Bird. We was DJ, couldn't guard a motherfucker. That's who we <laughs> You dig what I'm saying? Today, these cats hugging and kissing and, and back then we was laughing because our kids were saying, if I could be like Mike. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. He took it over. He I took it over, man. There was no room for Chicago anything. Isaiah, Mark, Terry Cummins, none of those cats was going to come back here and do that, man. The NBA marketed it in such a way that it was good versus evil. I was going to take you and slam you on the ground, bro. You know what I'm saying? You can, We can't let you do this. David Stern didn't stop it, did he? Uh, David you, Stern didn't do to stop the, the Detroit business. Until the palace and the malice or whatever. Not a damn you know. thing out until the palace of malice when you crawled your ass up there and you hit one of them white boys upside the damn head. Right. Thinking they could fight Jermaine O'Neal. You dig what I'm saying? They couldn't fight Jermaine O'Neal. You saw your boy, Artest, got pushed, almost caved his chest in. But he yeah. took his ass up in that damn stand and kicked yeah. shit out some of those white boys. It's a, yeah, it's a brand new... We, we got to look at everything, man. We don't consider everything. We just look at this, hey, man, I can't believe... That Isaiah did that, man. He from here, man. And no, 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 no. Isaiah's an icon. How do you, Today, how do you how do you think that that him walking off the court with his team affected his standings in Chicago, though? Me as an eleven year old kid at that time, when I saw that, that was it for me with Isaiah Thomas. When I saw him, yeah, but you had a, you had an adult tell you that, though, bro. Check it out, Jay. That was me. <laughs> you gotta you gotta look at it in perspective because. First off, Isaiah Thomas played a role in freezing Jordan out in his first All-Star game. He did. It's, 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 yep. it's to JT's point that he felt a way about Jordan getting the acclaim he did in Chicago, and that's kind of, they, they always had that dynamic. That was just one more chapter in the story when they walked off and didn't shake their hands. It was another, night. It was another okay. chapter in the story where Isaiah Thomas was left off of the Dream Team. It was just more chapters in that story, but there was always that 
disdain between those two because of the bad boy Pistons and the way they had the Jordan rules. And because Isaiah felt the way because Jordan took over his town. He got all the love in Chicago before Mike got drafted. And after that came... That was and he was a country boy at that. True. I want to say this, though. Because Timothy keep using the word we, which is a generalization. Second thing is, he talking about kissing. He, he talking about kissing people nowadays. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Isaiah was kissing Magic Johnson back then. And then the last thing is, Jason Ball was getting ready to hit on the point that I'm talking about. As an 11 year old kid, he's seen. He's old enough to understand Timothy, 11 years old. Someone does not have the sportsmanship to shake hands because kids are taught that at the earliest age from T-ball all the way up. Isaiah acted like a baby and didn't do that. And Jason seen that. What y'all think about Isaiah kissing uh, Magic and Magic kissing Isaiah? Oh, no, you don't want to talk about damn kissing shit. Now, I'm just going to say, them dudes was gay, man. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's been proven out that at least it, if they're not gay, it skips a damn generation, don't it? <laughs> I, I, man, y'all, y'all wilder, y'all wilder. Y'all, wildin'. Right. Yeah, I think it's a couple. y'all keep my podcast... Y'all keep my podcast clean, man. I, I, I am, man, because... JT, I'm sorry, bro. I apologize, but you know GD trying to bait me, man. You know he's trying to come get me, No, but you... Well, this is good because we 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 semi face to face, so it's it's all right. We can kind of get there, but I mean, in in all honesty, though, I mean, I think Isaiah he he really hurt himself. But Isaiah Isaiah had other stuff going on too, and Isaiah's not a yeah. very well liked person. So you know, we could say the things that you know he did that he didn't shake hand, but Isaiah's not liked a lot around the country. And, and so, you know, I, and I think that's... Michael Jordan is not like the lot around the country. Let yes. Craig Hodges tell it. Let a lot of us... <laughs> he keep calling Craig Hodges. Yeah, but Isaiah Thomas... A lot of us ain't liked around the country. People love Jordan. Isaiah Thomas not being like this modern controversy, though, from his time in New York and his, his controversy with different women and stuff like that, too, though. Jordan didn't have... Right. Do we want to go there with women with Michael Jordan? Really? You know, I mean, he brought up on charges like Isaiah, basically. Don't we, I mean, do we really have to go there with Michael Jordan and why he really retired? Can, can I ask no, you a question? Let's, let's not go I there. Think, I think that's some question. episodes to come. I think that's some episodes to come on, right. yeah. on the last dance. But, uh, let me just say one thing, uh, and I'll, you know, in regards to how the players on the day and why they hug and, and, and all that good stuff that that that, that GD just love. It, it, I think he, you know, if we watch the game with him, we better be careful if they start hugging and oh, he gonna congratulate each other. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you gotta you gotta think about also. We gotta you know we gotta take in perspective that most of the guys today are, are actually millionaires and have more clauses to fuck. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So. You know, you don't have a reason to be mad um, as you were, as, as it was back in 80, 89, if you lost the game, because you're still walking off with millions of dollars. So that's how, you know, money has, I think money has changed, uh, money has definitely changed the game and changed the person. And by you having outside uh, endorsements, you know, you have to act a certain way. You know, you can lose everything. Oh, make so no mistake about that. With the, all the kumbaya at the end of a game, 
you know, yeah, well, I get to go home to this this hell of a mansion. I'm still paid more than the people that I lost. You know, uh, what's the what's the lefty out of out of Houston? His name. He probably getting more hardened. You know, ain't gonna win nothing, but he's still gonna walk away. You know, God, thank you. Oh, you heard what the great LeBron said about uh, the, the the common folk when people got on him too much. Yeah, I remember that comment. But 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 to go back to what GD say though, as a youth coach, I teach my young men it's okay to shake somebody's hand. It's cool to help that dude up if he's falling. Because you know, oh, yeah. you know if that cat is 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 hurt. Sportsmanship takes you a long way. And a coach sees that. You got other coaches out here, like for, for instance, I could say for my son. A lot when he was playing youth ball, the one thing they 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 said about him was he's the gentle giant. What they were saying was he'll help a, another cat up. He'll go shake the team's hand. You know, the plays on the kid man like it did on Jason Ball when he was eleven years old. If this man ain't gonna shake my hand, he don't. I, I ain't got no dealings with him. You know, I don't want to be like this cat. You know, but you you have to show sportsmanship, no matter how you look at it. In this game, and you have to teach your kids, especially these black kids, because if we see somebody knocking somebody out all the time, all the time, they're going to keep thinking that shit. I got to go out here and beat him and beat him and beat him. I ain't got to shake his hand because I just beat him. We got we to gotta change the mindset today for our youth. You know, back since we make the distinction from youth ball, NBA ball, I, uh, you know, JT said it right. The pros are the pros, and we have to make the distinction, and we have to explain the distinction. Uh, you know, we, uh, uh, this ain't this ain't this ain't a, a gimme gimme world. This is a get your own world, and we have to teach our black kids that they they also deserve to understand that I'm going to see stuff. We're binary and visual, and when I see these things, and I don't understand something, I don't want to misunderstand it either. Okay. He's absolutely right. There's 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 nothing worse than a bad example. I can't think of one thing worse than a bad example except unchecked example and if we leave them unchecked here's what happens to us that's not to say that jay ball's all screwed up after 30 years of i can't believe this oh, dude no. is that and the other i'm not talking about that jay on oh jason on point. we have to be able to be we have to be able to be accountable you know if if a dude tells me that his son is a gentle giant you know i can i can attribute that directly to his father there's no doubt about that See, that's not his mother doing that. Kids that are single parents with single parents that are mothers, they their boys ain't typically like that. So that's that's a distinction that directly correlated to having a man around him makes him understand and know in certain terms this is what it's going to be. All right. I bring that up only because, guys, I want you all to understand where Isaiah Thomas came from. Right? Well, and that could have I mean, that could have that could have very well also been a teaching moment and, and i'm gonna say a teaching moment for kids just say like jay ball uh you know if he had uncle or pops or whoever around him i know me looking at it as an adult now if i was an adult at that time would have been a good teaching moment like hey you see how they walked off the court absolutely now, that's not what you should do right but i'm just going to explain it to you it's a lot of ba bad blood between those players and those players is leaving the court now they really just salty that they got wood and you, and you need to explain that. And, and explain it. That's not That's what hurt. you should do, but this is how they reacted getting whooped. Yes, sir. And if you know the background, if you know the background between Isaiah and his brothers, Lord Henry and all those guys, if yep. you understand where they come from, 
Ghosts know what I'm talking about. If you understand yeah. where they come from, all right, you know their family within an inch of your life. As, exactly. as soon as they shake your hand on the west side playing basketball, those guys are around. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You act like we 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 from uh, uh, California somewhere. Everybody on this site, Timothy, is from the hood. What are you talking about? Like, like, you got to understand where they come from. I know you from Catholic high school like Isaiah. Okay? I know you from Catholic high school I'm talking about Isaiah Thomas. I don't care. Isaiah Thomas is brother. Hold up. They ran to Catholic high school. Everybody on here is from the hood. What are you talking about? Like, you got to understand what they talking about. I'm sorry. Hello. <laughs> sorry. Diddy, quit being a bully, Diddy. <laughs> being a bully, man. There you go. You're going to play the bully ball. You got to understand where they come from, man. They come from. Man, we're on this fight, man. is uh, from the hood. Hey, that was effective, bro. I appreciate it. Hey, uh, real You would have never apologized to uh, this is your man JT live right here on the Smoker Section Podcast, and that was from last night's show um, on our Zoom. And so I just kind of wanted to um, run through that uh, this this uh, this evening, this afternoon, and uh, so you can kind of take a listen to what what some of the stuff that we do and uh, some of the things we're trying to promote on the Smoking Section Podcast. And so um, next week we'll be having part two. So if you want to go to, you can follow our Facebook page, the Smoking Section Podcast. Um, on Facebook and um, subscribe to our podcast here on Lipson and and subscribe to it on um, on Blog Talk Radio as well as all the other formats. Download it and um, some of the um, the content that we do. I know some of the audio is kind of choppy because it's coming, you know, it's coming from that that format. But um, it was uh, very interesting to see and I to see and listen to. And I've, of course, I host a show, and um, you know, it's. Um, it's a great avenue. It's a great tool, uh, and more people, of course, are using Zoom more than ever. So, um, but we um, we appreciate you. I appreciate you listening to our podcast. Make sure you you check us out this this Thursday. Uh, we'll be podcasting. We'll be talking to um, one of the gentlemen, Sean Dunstan, Cedric Dunstan from the uh, Fat Ash uh, Facebook group, who is the founder of uh, that particular Facebook uh, page and. Um, it's a cigar oriented group and uh, they do a lot of different things. And so we'll be talking to him this Thursday, uh, this Thursday evening. So make sure you tune in at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you get it on lips and you'll probably get it uh, a little bit earlier than everybody else. Um, you can also uh, download or subscribe or give us some feedback on our um, on our Apple iTunes. If you're listening, give us some feedback on what you think about the show. Let us know how you feel. You like it. You don't. Whatever. Do like it. You don't like it. Give us feedback. All feedback is uh, taken and uh, we use it to grow. So this is your man JT Live and uh, you all have a wonderful day and I definitely will see you Thursday.